Welcome to the Shields Outdoors podcast, your source for information on hunting, fishing, and all of your outdoor passions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Shields Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Mike Anderson, and today we have Danny Thompson with Garmin. Danny, how are you doing today? Doing good. It's a beautiful day up here in northern Minnesota and, you know, looking forward to doing some ice fishing this week. Yeah, it is a beautiful day and I am so excited to do some ice fishing. I haven't been out on the ice yet. Definitely been itching, been thinking about it, getting all my gear ready. And, uh, you know, we're at a pretty interesting location too. We're at Ice Fishing University. So as as far as I know, this is the first time that Shields has done an ice fishing university. And it's uh, basically just a training session for our associates to get them used to new products, get them out in the field, get on ice experience. Um, have you have you been a part of any ice fishing universities yet? No, this is, you know, I've been to some Shields universities that were pretty icy with cold weather, but this is by far the first ice fishing university. And, you know, I think it's a such an awesome piece of what, you know, Shields does with their employees, being able to come out and they've got all these great vendors here and we're going to train them up on the latest, greatest product that we have. So when customers go in, they can go in there and know with confidence, the Shields guys know what's going on. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So that's the, that's the number one thing here is just to get hands-on experience with all of these products, be super knowledgeable, can take that information back to the stores. And, you know, it's just cool to be able to test all this stuff out. Like in my position, like being here, just being able to meet the reps and meet all of our store experts, like I just get to run a camera and sit behind a microphone. So I feel like I got a pretty easy job and I'm pretty awesome one at the same time. And, you know, I appreciate you being here. So, um, you know, let's, let's start out. Like, what are we going to learn Garmin this week? You know, so we've, we've got a lot of cool stuff, you know, and obviously with the, you know, live scope and this year it's the live scope plus, and it just seems like such an evolving, you know, piece of equipment that we've got going on. And, you know, the guys out there, they're going to use everything from our Striker 4 bundles all the way up to a Live Scope Lithium Ice Bundle. So they're going to get to use it all, um, you know, learn about the Live Sonar, learn about the, you know, the secrets I have for, you know, dialing in that Live Scope and getting the best image, but also, you know, how to use your everyday flashers like our Striker 4 um, bundle, our Echomap 53, 73 bundles, and you know, the best part is, is catch some fish using that product. So, you know, they can go back with confidence and say, Hey, like I use this to catch a fish. And when I, you know, set it up like this, this is what worked for me. It's not just, you know, sitting there watching me give a PowerPoint to a class, like they're out there actually doing it. And I think that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think all of these people out there have just kind of that mentality that they're going to be outside and it's going to be cold but they're going to be learning stuff and they're going to have a lot of fun at the same time. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. So there's a, you know, the word game changer gets thrown around quite a bit in products and, you know, this is so innovative, whatever. And I, I would say live scope is one of those products that actually is a game changer. You can, you can use that word legitimately. So just um, you know, t- talk about a little bit about just what it is, just a quick overview. You know, so LiveScope is essentially live sonar, and the great thing about LiveScope that makes it so great is just such a clear, 
crisp, clean image. We're able to get great distances and with great detail. And it's, you know, live sonar. You see them walleyes coming in from 200 feet away before you catch them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, this, this isn't like your camera. Like it's not a, it's not an actual picture of it. It's like your traditional sonar, except you can see 360 degrees in live time in definition to the point where you can tell if it's a walleye versus a pike, you can see the fins, you can see them coming after your bait. You can see even the smallest jigs down in, you know, especially ice fishing. So it's, it's some pretty cool stuff. So I'd like to take it back a little bit though. So, so like how long have you been with Garmin now? So I've been with Garmin for around seven years. Um, started, you know, I'm out of Minnesota. So I'm a regional sales manager out of Minnesota, um, cover, you know, the Midwest inland fishing and, you know, a lot has changed at Garmin since I've started, but still kind of doing the same role and, you know, obviously spending a lot of time trying to innovate and work on the ice fishing products and bring new exciting things to the ice fishing world. And also, you know, carrying along the stuff that we've had since the beginning. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of places where you can see this stuff in action, you know, whether it's YouTube or Facebook or anything like that, you can see what it is now, but I'd like to talk a little bit about how it started. So you, you kind of got onto Garmin on like the ground floor of this forward view technology. Tell me, tell me how like the idea came about and how you guys actually like made it happen. Yeah. So, you know, back when I started with Garmin, we actually did nothing with ice fishing. We weren't even really in the ice fishing category and Garmin really does a great job with offshore and big boats and, you know, some of that kind of stuff, but they were kind of making a push getting back into the inland market. And that's, you know, where I came along up here in Minnesota and, you know, we had just came out with pan optics at that time, which would be like the PS 31, the PS 30. And that was the original live sonar transducers that we came out with and they were cool but for me being in Minnesota, it was like, man, we got to find a way to use this ice fishing. You know, it's 30 below out. I'm drilling a hole. I'm using a flasher looking at seven feet of the bottom. And it's just, you know, there's, there's got to be something we can do with this live sonar to really be able to look out and see. So I started working with one of the engineers that I had a great relationship with there at Garmin and kind of gave him some of my ideas. And we actually, I took a big milk crate with a big old car battery in it and hooked up all the wires because back then we needed, it was a bigger transducer and a lot more bo or battery that we'd use. We actually mounted the transducer to a hockey stick. We had it down through the ice and I watched my buddy catch a fish from about 65 feet away. And it was like, from that moment on, it was like, okay, we, we have to do something with this. Yeah, that is super cool. And, and, you know, I guess I, I've never done any of the uh, offshore stuff. I don't really deal with that a whole lot. Um, ice fishing and boat fishing is my jam. And yeah, being able to just drill one single hole and scan around a hundred feet and know like what fish are around is just like incredible efficiency. Oh, it, you know, and that's the thing. And so like I had caught that fish and then we kind of started to, you know, engineer or engineer stuff ourselves a little bit. And that's when we had the PVC pipes and in the old mount for the ice with some wood screws on it and everything else. And, you know, I think I went to the St. Paul ice show and at that time I had just a flasher bundle probably that following year, but I brought this like homemade live bundle and I was telling people about it at the St. Paul ice show and people were just laughing at me. Like there's no way this thing has maps in it and it has a flasher and it has live sonar. Like it's like more than people could even comprehend. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, it just kind of, you know, and then I'm like, I, I know this is going to be something. We kept built, working on it, working on it. Well, the next year we were able to put together a bundle, you know, that we were able to sell. And we had a limited number. And we went into that St. Paul ice fishing show the following year and they were gone by the second day. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like, and the versatility too, like a lot of people like that will say negative things is like, oh, why do I want to pay all this money to just catch a bunch of panfish? But, you know, like there's, uh, there's just so many uses for it too, especially when you move into like the live scope. Cause like I've been fishing with just standard pan optics for a long time now. I think I need to, I need to figure out how to meet some of you Garmin people and get myself one of them new live scopes. But, um, you know, like I, I love it for like base and pan fish, like schools of crappies going through, like they stick out like a sore thumb and then you go and you mark off your distance, you drill and then you catch. It's just, it's incredible. But like the new live scope, like, especially, you know, coming with like that puck transducer, like if you're a hard sided fisherman, like you stick the puck transducer in the one you're jigging in and then you have all that like incredible bottom separation. And then you take your live scope and you point it at the rest of the holes and you're literally watching your entire fish house from one spot. It's just sweet. Uh, for sure. I, you know, I've got it set up in the ice castle like that. So I can literally sit on the couch watching, you know, 50 inches of live scope on the TV. Yeah. And, I was just going to say that you <laughs> toss it on your big screen TV too. So instead oh, yeah. of that little seven or nine inch screen, you're looking at 52. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. And it's just, I mean, you know, where, where it's come from is, is unbelievable, but that live scope, being able to see every line in your fish house, you know, it cleans up the floor so much from having, you know, all the flashers on the ground. And then the kids love it because it's like video game fishing, you know. And then, like you said, you take that unit out and you put it right in your boat in the summertime. So just the versatility that you're getting out of it is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And you you just touched on one of the most important things is like getting your kids excited about ice fishing. Like this is a way to do it, you know, because kids have an attention span of like, three seconds or less if you can like, and of course they love TV. So, I mean, I don't know a kid that doesn't love TV. So like if you put up a like video game style fishing up there and you're on some fish and you can tell them, Oh, look, look at the fish down there. It's swimming around. Oh, it's coming to the bait here. Get ready to catch it. Like that is just a a great, great way to introduce kids to the sport of fishing, get them excited about it. And, uh, you know, get some, get some action at the same time too. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, is, you know, even with the biggest live scope screen and as many transducers as you'd want, you still got to get them to bite. But the fun part for the kids is being able to see those fish and it kind of gives them hope and keeps them going. And they just love that. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So what is the craziest thing you've seen or experience you've had with live scope? So, you know, back to when we had first got it. So we brought, it was probably the first year we had live scope. So it would have been after Panoptics, but we were out on Mille Lacs Lake. And I mean, there's a lot of fish on the lake that year, you know, and being able to watch, not just like catching fish and that kind of stuff, but watching the migration of walleyes that would go on those mud flats and off those mud flats morning and evenings was unbelievable, you know, because you're used to watching your flasher and yeah, you get some fish coming through and you realize like, yeah, there's a couple of fish down there, but when you can watch on live scope and you'll see these huge schools of fish, I mean, hundreds of fish going off and on and how they chase the bait and how they relate to the structure. It's just the amount of information I've learned from watching it is incredible, even more so than the ability of using it to catch fish. You know, it's just what you've learned looking at it. I, th- I think that's one of the coolest things about it. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. Knowledge is power when it comes to that. And that's something I didn't really think of necessarily is like actually watching how the fish move beyond even just like 30, 40 feet around your bait, stuff like that. So then you can learn where to like, when to move, where to move. It's just super useful. Yeah. And we, you know, there's been numerous times we were just talking about this the other day where you used to think when a fish came in and you missed them, it was like, okay, that fish is gone and it's kind of over with, but I mean, I've watched walleyes come, you know, and strike baits or if I, a rattlespoon or something like that four or five times before I finally caught it. Then you just would assume it's a different fish. But, I mean, they're that aggressive sometimes where it's the same fish and they just keep coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the ability to, like, judge and understand a fish's mentality and to figure out what to do to initiate that strike. Again, yep. just, like, super powerful, super efficient, you know, because you could set the hook and change baits like 300 times and then finally figure out. And then all of a sudden it's dark and you missed your bite window, but you know, you get that information right away. Yep. For sure. I mean, you, you can literally, you see the fish's mood and then you can react from there. And that's where, you know, you, you are selecting baits with a lot more confidence because you know what that fish's mood is of that day, you know, and it changes throughout the day, but I mean, if the fish are kind of neutral that day, we can go something smaller or bigger, just something to try to get them to bite. But, you know, a lot of times if they're just biting, it doesn't matter. But you can see that on the live scope, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I've got I've got a question for you that I've always kind of wondered, you know, maybe formulated my own opinions a little bit. But it's like the the sonar beams and how the fish respond to that. So have you seen, have you seen them kind of like shy away from this sort of stuff? Have you seen things change between like when you first started or when you first started with the initial live scope deucer to the new one, since it's a more powerful signal, what, what have you seen on that? So yes and no. Right. So it's like, you always think that. And I remember way back when I used to fish walleye tournaments and we'd go into these small pools like on the Mississippi River and it was like, okay, shut off all the electronics. You know, the fish can feel that or they can hear that. And there has to be something to it where they're feeling it or they're seeing it. But it's like as many times as I have thought that where I have my live scope or my pan optics or even just my traditional sonar, um, you know, transducer down there, it's like as many times as I feel like they've scared away from it, they've come in and ate with no problem as well. So it's like there, there has to be some days where they must feel it or see it or sense it or whatever it is. But then there's other days where it just doesn't matter. And then, and then you think, well, was it really the sonar that day that didn't, was it, you know, like, what is it? So I think that's still up in the air. I think there's probably something to it. I mean, yeah. they ha- I mean, we can hear it. You got to tell me fish have to be able to hear that as well. So I think there might be something to it. But honestly, I mean, there's so many times that it doesn't matter as well. So it's like, you know, it's kind of a horse of peace then, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many outside variables. Like me being a statistics guy, you, uh-huh. you think about all the different factors. Like, okay, the fish got scared away that time. But was it really the sonar? Was it like a snowmobile driving by? Was it an ice crack? Was it like another big fish, like a big pike that I didn't see around? Like there, there's just so many factors that could drive a person crazy trying to figure it out. But one thing I'm curious about is it like, have you seen changes in like pressure, like high pressure is, does that make a difference between it being like them a little sketchy with the transducer? 
I don't know about probably like there's something to do where like when the fish's mood is, you know, up or down is going to depend on that. But I think fishing pressure probably I've seen that affect it more than anything and probably more so in the summer, to be honest. I remember this year on opener on Leech Lake, the amount of boats that were chasing this, there was a big school of walleyes in Walker Bay. And the amount of boats that were chasing that school of walleyes around with live sonar was incredible. And I don't know if it was the sonar or just the amount of boats that were chasing these fish. It was just funny. You could just see these guys up there with their poles and taking off after the fish. And I'd literally watch that school of fish just staying right in front of those boats going back and forth, <laughs> back and forth. But, um, you know, I feel like the fishing pressure probably even has more effect on that than anything else. Oh, I believe that a hundred percent. It just comes down to kind of like a tolerance level. You could almost think of that as like deer hunting too. Mm -hmm. You know, like if, if you bump that big buck, you know, like if, if you educate them a little bit, like they're going to be a little bit warier the next time, you know, I mean, I would wager to say like the brain of a whitetail remembers a little bit more than the brain of a fish, (laughs) but you know, at the same time, like if, if, a walleye has seen like 50 of his buddies get pulled topside, you know, they're, they're probably going to be a little bit more wary for sure. But, you know, just like in whitetail hunting, that's where, you know, walleye fishermen and pan fishermen have been getting better at their craft as well. So, you know, like in whitetail hunting, we got bows that are faster, shoot farther. We got Garmin bow sights with range finders in them, you know, and, and you learn those high, those, you know, high success areas, like the pinch points and the saddles and, the points and stuff like that. Walleye fishing is the same. So I feel like guys are getting better at, you know, creating a slip bobber rig that they can cast farther. And where we used to hit fish, you know, snipe them with a lot with bobbers and live scope at 40 feet. Now we're having to do it at 80 feet. So just, you know, dialing in your casts, dialing in, you know, your cone angle, steadying up that transducer, everything you can do, you know, I think live sonar fishermen are also getting better. So I think that, you know, that's just going to continue to happen as it continues to evolve. Mm -hmm. And one thing you kind of mentioned, like at the start right there was like, you know, kind of finding that spot on the spot. And that's where, that's where like your forward sonar is really nice because, you know, everyone has their mapping. Like as long as you're willing to spend $10 to get an avionics app, like you can get pretty close to a spot, but like once when you have the ability to get really close to that spot and then drop the forward facing sonar down, you can find exactly where you want to be in that area and see how fish are relating to it. And it's just pretty wild. Yeah. You know, and then to bring it, you know, back to the whitetail hunting thing again too, it's like you get those spot on the spots, but with live scope, it gives you the ability to see where on that spot on the spot, those fish are relating that day. Cause one day, you know, the big bucks in bluff country might, run the top quarter they might run you know the bottom quarter just kind of depends on how they feel that day well with live sonar we've got the edge we're able to see that and dial in even one step further on those main spots Mm -hmm. absolutely so you've given me hunting references twice (laughs) now so i i have to ask you how'd your hunting season go (laughs) well my hunting season was you know it was it was i'm obviously a way bigger whitetail hunter than fisherman which is funny because i work in the fishing industry but um Hunting season was great, you know, had a lot of encounters with some great bucks this year. My farm hunted better than it's probably ever hunted in the past. And, um, it was good. It it just, I didn't connect with a buck, but I had some of the best encounters with some of the biggest bucks I've seen in a long time. Um, so no, it was good. 
That's awesome. Yeah. I, I had an interesting hunting season, you know, like I, I live in North Dakota now, grew up in Minnesota. So I went and I got my lifetime licenses in rifle and archery. So I get my whitetail fix over in Minnesota yeah. and then I'll hunt, uh, I'll hunt mule deer in North Dakota. And my dad drew a non-resident archery tag and he has a, he has a shoulder injury so he could use a crossbow. So basically like my number one hunt this year was I want to get my dad his first mule deer. And, um, if no one's ever hunted Western style before, um, make sure you get yourself physically ready for it. And, uh, it is so much fun. Just the ability to like chase after them. Um, you know, we weren't able to get them a buck. We had some opportunities, but, uh, just couldn't quite make it happen. And Minnesota, I saw so many three and a half year old bucks that, I think a lot of people probably would have shot, but I've, I've shot enough deer in my day now that I look, I go when I walk up to him and be like, Oh man, he would have been big next year. Like I, I finally gotten to that point where I can just let those go and enjoy it. And I've had some, I had some incre- incredible times in the stand. Like I had this one buck, he had, he had probably like 140 inch right side and his left side really wasn't that big. It, I don't know if it was an injury or whatever, but like we've had him on camera for, I mean, I got like between me and my cousin who owns the property next to us, we have like a thousand pictures of this deer. And I looked down and I was like, okay, I'm not going to shoot him. But then when he stepped out, like I looked and I saw him and I was like, oh man, that's a nice deer. But I told myself I'm not going to shoot him. So I didn't. So I put my gun down and I brought my phone up instead. And that, and that thing walked five yards away from me. And it was one of the coolest experiences. And I just got a picture of him last week. So he made it. Yeah. So I'm excited to see him next year, but that was, that was kind of my season. I just saw a lot of deer that are going to be great next year. For sure. And the, and the funny part is, is I passed all these great deer and I've got a lot of four-year-olds that made it through. Then I sold my farm. Oh no. So next year would have been the best year ever hunting that place. But now, you know, I'm in the market for a new one. So, you know, on to the next adventure and see what I can find. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. exciting too. And you know what, just like developing and learning those properties. I mean, that's almost more fun than even hunting it. Absolutely. You know, and I've got a couple daughters now. So my, my oldest this year was her second year for you season. And, um, she shot two beautiful bucks. I mean, when I was a kid, it was like first deer I seen, I wanted to shoot. She has patience, like, I can't even believe, you know, even this year we had a really nice, you know, probably two year old eight pointer come out in the food plot and it was like, okay, you want to, you know, get set up and ready to shoot that one. And she's like, nope. She wanted a specific one. We we called it the hole in the horn buck because it had a big hole in, in its rack. And okay. She waited for that one as a three and a half year old, a real nice buck ended up being like 190 pounds field dressed, you know, Oh wow. but two years in a row now she shot a buck where it broke off at the main beam. Oh man, that's so, unfortunate. Re- both both of them she've shot have been nice bucks, but um, both of them have broke. So maybe next year on a new farm she'll be able to shoot something nicer. But now my youngest is going to be ten next year, and in Minnesota you can shoot in at ten during the youth season, and she's excited because now she's going to beat her sister, you know. Mm-hmm. So no, super fun, and it's just so fun getting your kids involved. I, I like literally, I enjoy that more than shooting a deer myself. Like I'd give my whole season up just to be able to take the kids out, you know? Yeah. But I can say that to a hundred percent. I have two girls myself as well. They're, they're two and seven. So we, we haven't got to that stage where they can hunt yet, but, um, my oldest, she's been out in the blind with me a few times. She was actually with when I harvested a doe, like second to last day of season last year. And she was in with a, 
you know, like hunting turkeys and stuff like that. And just to see, like, see their eyes light up when they see that sort of stuff for the first time and experience it, it just kind of, it, it has that nostalgia factor that brings you back to like the first times that you're hunting too. Well, there's just, I mean, you, you could go on forever about it, but there's so many good life lessons I think that come from hunting. I mean, my daughter's, you know, we live in the cities and my daughter's 10 years old and she's driven tractors and, you know, knows how to plant food plots and has planted corn and, you know, just being able to watch, you know, going from, you know, bare dirt to the corn that we have at the end of the season and then how the deer eat the corn and then we eat the deer. And I mean, there's just so many good life lessons that come from the outdoors and getting your family in the outdoors. I mean, they truly will be better people because of it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really hoping that my daughter stick with it. Like the seven year old now is really into uh, dresses and lipstick and gymnastics. So it's kind of wavering away from that, but like it's, she sees it all the time, but that two year old, like she's a firecracker. And, um, you know, every time I like take her out of the truck and I've got, I've got my deer mounts on the front of the garage and like, I'll be carrying her to the house. And she's like, dad, buck, buck, buck. It's like, yeah, honey, you're going to be, you're going to be my hunting buddy for sure. sure. (laughs) Yeah. and, And I had the same thing with my daughters. It was like, I didn't, didn't necessarily think they'd even be into it. I knew they liked, you know, going up to the farm with me and and doing that kind of stuff. But when my oldest turned 10, she was like, Hey dad, I can hunt this year. And I was like, yeah, you want to, (laughs) you know, like I was kind of surprised. And, you know, even if they don't stick with it forever, I mean, just, just the time that you get with them and getting them into it, I think is, is super important. And, you know, sometimes I think they surprise you and they, they really do enjoy it, especially nowadays. There's so many distractions from Absolutely. the outdoors with all these sports that all the kids are in nowadays and then, you know, all the electronic stuff. But, um, you know, so far my kids love it and it's it's been good. All right. Perfect. Well, hopefully they stick with it. So, you know, Danny, thank you so much for your uh, for your time and your expertise and, you know, Personally, here at uh, at Ice Fishing University, I'm I'm looking forward to what you have to say on the new Garmin products. Awesome! Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You just heard our segment with Danny Thompson of Garmin. If you're interested in purchasing or learning more about any of the Garmin electronics, make sure to head to your local Shields store or visit us online at Shields.com and keep an eye out for a video on our Shields Outdoors YouTube channel featuring Danny putting the live scope to use targeting some basin crappie just a few days after filming this podcast episode. And with that, we'd like to thank you all for listening and see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Shields Outdoors podcast. Stay tuned for future segments and visit our social media pages, Shields Outdoors on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates.